Greetings, Don Wells here. Glad you've joined us. I'm joined with uh, Dr. Buddy Crum. This is our first ever podcast with Gob the Entrepreneur. Amen. <laughs> we're excited. Uh, this, this is, as I mentioned, our first attempt at this, but we're excited to start a dialogue about entrepreneurs. We'll be talking a little bit about investing. Uh, that's part of what we have done and do. But we're really, really excited to open up some conversation about entrepreneurs. And Dr. Crum, you have been an entrepreneur. You've studied entrepreneurs. You wrote a book, God the Entrepreneur, which has done very well. Um, give me a little bit of background. Um, let the people kind of know where you've come from, uh, you know, why you have the authority to speak on this subject matter and share a little bit with us. Well, I'd enjoy sharing something about my own life, Don, but you look at entrepreneurs, you know, in thinking about it, entrepreneurs like change. And they, and one of the things that, uh, we know is when they see there's a need for change, there's a better way to do it. Many years ago, I was in and started off as a stockbroker, and then later on, I realized that people needed a way to bring all of their assets together and their income, and look at everything in an overall view. So, became started a new industry called uh, financial planning, yeah. and uh, out of that financial planning, uh, began to bring in an op uh, a means for people. To have a financial plan and I know that's very common today but the change was is to bring it under one house one place with with uh, experts that could yeah. work together so that was a change that has changed so much uh, so later on in desiring to set up some credentialing we started what we call certified financial planners yeah. and in the early days I was some of the ones that helped prepare the curriculum and also was in the first graduating class of certified financial planners. So my point is, change to break things easier and better is what entrepreneurs do. They yeah. see a need, they feel the need, they see a place that people want life better, yes. whatever it is, and they begin to do something about it. But you've been an entrepreneur yourself. You, you know about that. <laughs> I, I've had a few adventures uh, in that. I certainly have. Not not at the level that you've uh, that you've been at, but I have, and I've done some businesses and enjoy that. I enjoy the uh, the excitement of it and solving problems and building things and. And I think that's a lot of the, the, the entrepreneurial spirit is that people that love to do those things solve problems. They see a need. And, you know, on that note, uh, your definition uh, that I've heard you say so many times about an entrepreneur, I'd like you to kind of just share that with the listeners today because I think we have many times a very defined uh, concept of what an entrepreneur is. And I've heard you talk about that. But share with the, the listeners a little bit um, kind of your definition of, of well, it, in a broad sense, as I've just said, people see a need or a want or a desire, and they have the passion and compassion to do something about it. For example, it could be in the medical field, and Dr. Blaylock, who came from right here in Georgia, was the first man to do a heart transplant. And it, today, there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of them done, but it was not he saw the need, these babies, they call them blue babies, were dying because nobody would operate on the heart. They considered it a sacred area. The Catholic Church says it's where God dwells. And his, his expression is, this is not right. Yeah. This has yeah. got to change. Yeah. And so he developed uh, heart 
open heart surgery, which later led to heart transplant. And, but the point is there had to be a change. There had to be a need filled, filled and a desire. Uh, Martin Luther King, he saw yeah. that there was in a social way or a civil way that it wasn't right what yeah. was going on. There needed to be coming together of the different cultures. And so he started a movement. Yeah. And oftentimes, if you look at the place that movements start, they begin with somebody with that entrepreneurial spirit. Yes. That yeah. desire to see change, that that I've got to do something. I don't, I've, I, it's not somebody else's responsibility, it's mine. Yes. Well, you bring a great point, and that's, that's the reason I wanted people to hear that, is we tend to think of entrepreneurs in business. We know of a business entrepreneur. Uh, if you polled most people, they probably wouldn't classify Martin Luther King as an entrepreneur, but in fact, he was. He was yes, a social was. entrepreneur. And uh, look at the impact that he's had as a result of that. And, you know, I think it was the, the, the French definition I once heard that, you know, entrepreneur means to undertake. In other words, they, they see a problem and they get underneath that burden and their desires to fix Very it. So, good. you know, we don't think of entrepreneurs many times outside of the business and we, we well we make a lot of money we have an impact but really it does it does cross all of the different uh, places and disciplines that we have and I think by opening that up it, it helps people to realize that uh, maybe I'm not a business person but I'm an entrepreneur in um, the medicine or, or social as we mentioned justices or whatever well, that is there's one thing another thing about entrepreneurs and when I speak of that we would have to define it not everybody that starts their own business or starts their own laboratory is an entrepreneur That's right. sometimes that more of a desire to be their own boss or not to have a boss than yeah. really to see a change but true entrepreneurs mature entrepreneurs want to leave a legacy yeah they will have a vision and they have a destiny and they see a means to get to that. For example, George Washington Carver, he desired to see particularly African-American farmers do better. They were all sharecroppers and not being able to get ahead. And so he said, I've got to do something to bring some wealth. So he, took the, he told God, he said, I want to change the universe. And God told him, sit down, little man, and I'll teach you about the peanut. <laughs> and so he came up with 1,100 uses of the peanut, and nobody had any idea that there was anything beyond uh, peanut butter at that time. So my point was his vision was to see change, and it came about. He brought a great deal of wealth to that culture including himself. Yeah, and you know, that's one of the things, again, I've heard you say that, you know, entrepreneurs um, have a much bigger impact than just themselves. They're thinking yes. in a larger capacity, if you will, a bigger vision yes. than just, as you said many times, I don't have a boss or I don't have to keep hours. I can do my own thing. There's a bigger picture to that. And, you know, it, it reminds me, you know, in your book, God the Entrepreneur, you list some of these examples that you've mentioned. They're, they're very good and several others. Um, but I want to kind of delve into um, the, the book a little bit and some of the things because one of the challenges that I had in starting businesses, I had a, a, an excitement about it, 
but was the systems and, and having a system in place because you have a vision, um, but how do I get that going? And one of the great things about your book that I really enjoyed was the, the, what we call now the P3 system, the, the, you know, the different uh, ways to look at and implement some of these things. Talk about the kind of the P1, P2, P3, if you will, because that really helps entrepreneurs who have a vision but don't have the, the systems in place to, to start that. Well, I will be glad to. You know, in, uh, when I was in the business prior to being in ministry, uh, I felt that there had to be a way to run businesses better than we were. We were growing at a very rapid race, rate. Actually, we were doubling every year, and wow. we were growing in such a way. We ended up with offices in 39 states and had uh, you know many offices in each state, and as I mentioned before, handled or managed a great deal of other people's money. So it was important that uh, we understand growth. Growth by itself is as much of a challenge as no, as not enough growth. You know, <laughs> that's right. Because that's you've right. got all these dynamics that are taking place. So I, when I was studying my MBA, I went there for the understanding of how to com how to understand strategic planning. I began to see that strategic planning was God's model. Yeah. I mean, he is a strategic planner, a master strategic planner. And so when I began to look at what I had learned from the business world and then studying it biblically, I began to see the connection mm. between the way you do a strategic plan in your business or in, in your life, you also do it in the way you become an entrepreneur, just like God did. God, the entrepreneur, he has a dream. Mm -hmm. He wanted to fill that dream. The dream was to have a family. And then he also has a strategy. So God's vision becomes our vision. So in the P1, we call it perspective. Okay. And that is, how do I get God's perspective? Because in his master plan, he has a plan for everything here on the earth. Good. The Bible says, as it is in heaven, so it shall be on earth. Good. So the what we are doing is taking God's vision that he will download to you, and that's his intention, is to fulfill his plan, but he allows us to be part of it. Sure, sure. So we get his perspective. Yeah. And from the perspective, we also, that every business, every Every entrepreneurial venture needs a platform, I call it. Mm -hmm. It needs a, a place to put it. It, it yeah. needs a container, if you will. When God came with his dream, he used the earth. Yeah. And he had the whole universe, but he, did, he chose to use what we call earth right here, which is really one of the smaller planets, but it was exactly what he wanted to do to build his prototype and if you go all the way back, the prototype was, as we know, in Genesis 1, the garden. Yeah. And everything that he would ever do, he, he modeled it right there in his prototype. And so from that, we see that that was his container. Now, when you've got his perspective, his vision, his yeah. dream, you've got the container to build upon, then you put the right people in, or in that container. God had a dream. He, it's called creation. Mm -hmm. He built the prototype. 
that was the container, the P2, which is the process. Yeah. He put the systems in, and then he put man on earth, and he formed man out of his creation, which was earth, and he gave him work to do. Yeah. You know, on that point, I, I think this is the, the really the brilliance of the P3 process of what we call it. You know, having, having uh, had some businesses and doing things, um, you know, I made one of the mistakes that I made was I had, um, you know, a vision, uh, maybe a little bit of a perspective. Maybe even I've gotten some of God's perspective. But my model was if I get the right people. But without the process, you get those people, it's hard to keep them. Yes. It's hard to, you, you have to overmanage them. You have to keep telling them things and what to do versus if you have a process, that process lets them know what they need to do. And it helps you as an entrepreneur to, to know what kind of people that you need to hire when you have a process in place. And I have seen that mistake made by many of my friends and different people be, um, through through the years because we try to go get talented people. That's one of the first things a great entrepreneur normally does is say, I, I, I need talented people around me. I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room, as it were. But without that process, without having a process, it can frustrate. Uh, as I look back over my life, no doubt I have frustrated many talented people by not having the process in place. Right. And and that's one of the great things about again the book and this this, you know, P three is it helps us get the perspective, define that and shape that, and then say what is the process of that, which then helps us find the right people and then fulfill their debt. Because many times we grab people and we want them to fulfill our purpose. The process, as I've read through the book and seen this, really helps people then to come in and it, it matches their talents and what they want to do with the overall vision. And that's kind of revolutionary many times for an entrepreneur because they're just trying to grab talented people, stick them in the vision, and make it happen. But that process really is an important part of it, and, and it helps. Well, it is important, and you have to remember that it's dynamic. It changes. Yes. it has, And that's one of the most challenging things about business is to be sure that your container is yeah. holding the right amount of capacity that you're capable of. The old expression, if you put a fish in an aquarium, it will only grow to the size of the aquarium. Yeah. And so you see, if you put too big a fish, it doesn't allow, you've got to get a bigger aquarium. If you put too big an aquarium, you've got too much upkeep yeah. to take care of one little fish. So it's a constant observation, correction. It's like in a, in a sports event, they make corrections as the game goes forward. Yes. And so the process includes that. It's the systems that you have to have. Well, it's such a well-laid-out plan. I love that. And for those that are listening today and you say, well, you know, this sounds good. You know, many people don't know. I'm going to switch gears here a minute, and I know you're never comfortable doing this. But, you know, many people don't know. You were, you were Entrepreneur of the Year years ago in Atlanta. You say, yeah, well, that was a long time ago. Yes, it yeah. was, but you were Entrepreneur of the Year in Atlanta. Uh, I mentioned that because you, you were really in the game. Um, it's one thing to write on theories and conjectures and to lecture and to say I've got some, but you were in the game. And, and you know, I, uh, for those that are listening may not know, I was in wealth management. I went through the CFP program that you helped write, uh, which was challenging, by the way. I've forgiven him of that, but it was challenging and difficult. Um, but you were a pioneer in that and, and really yeah. bringing that to the forefront and in the game of entrepreneurs. Uh, you, were, you were building businesses. And talk a little bit about that because it's important when people hear something that we, we like credibility. We all do. Uh, but you had a 
you have a lot of credibility in that. And I, I know you're not always comfortable talking about it, but talk a little bit about, you know, what, what you did and how you built business. I mean, you traveled all over the country uh, recruiting and, and things. So share a little bit of that because I think well, it's interesting. I, I'll be glad to share some. And you're right, it does seem like such a long time ago that that occurred. And there were, we had an organization, a partnership, and there were four partners. I was one. So I had three other partners, and we came together. And we grew very rapidly, and the, uh, we evolved into a company called Financial Service Corporation, which is still today, I understand. It uh, has been so long ago, uh, but it still goes forth and has uh, quite a few representatives. But we were one of the few firms that was in the venture capital business early on. And uh, it was a high-risk business, and so we were able to come on the scene at a good time. We also went through, as we have done recently, a severe recession. Mm, and yeah. uh, we, we learned, as you always do, a great deal out of when you go through a recession. So that, uh, that was what they meant by the Entrepreneur of the Year. That was the, the company itself. We call it ETI, and ETI was a was a very aggressive company. Uh, we grew fast. We probably grew too fast, as, as history would tell it. But then we had another restart, as as entrepreneurs do, and that's when we started Financial Service Corporation that continued on for many years. And so it was, it was an opportunity of working with some great guys, three yeah. other great guys, all of us, all of us, gifted in some area but we were all pretty good salesmen well one of the things that i that i love and i want to do as we kind of begin to wrap up um you know we're gonna we're gonna be doing this bot this podcast for you know months hopefully for a long time um and share and dialogue and talk with other entrepreneurs yeah. that uh, have been in business because i know that's your heart but one of the things that i love that you do dr crumb very well is I'm a visionary. I love to talk about things at a 30, 60, 80, 90, 100,000 foot view and taking over the world and uh, starting businesses. But you have a real gift to bring things down to a, a level uh, that helps people walk it out. As we begin to close the broadcast, what, what is one of the things, and I know that you know, we'll, we'll, we'll mention uh, you know, the, the God the Entrepreneur uh, website. I'll give you some information on that in here in just a moment as we close. Uh, there's some resources and things there. But what is one of the things that you would say to a young entrepreneur today? What What's one tip that you would give somebody listening that says, I'm an entrepreneur, and you know, what's a first good step, if you will, uh, to begin that process that you could share with them today? Well, it is encouraging that the whole uh, academic study of entrepreneurship is now found in the universities. So one of the things that today is available to young entrepreneurs that we didn't know about at that time is you. there's a lot you can read about it. Yeah. You can even go back to school and study entrepreneurship. So first of all is defining that you are an entrepreneur, learning what you need to learn, what is your dream? Be able to be able to put it into writing. Mm -hmm. Again, a lot of us have, as you say, a hundred thousand foot view, fifty thousand mm -hmm. foot view, and uh, but we need to bring that down to a very practical, uh, where I can write it out and identify it, and then secondly, begin to put a plan together. Most businesses fail for lack of planning. Yeah. 
more than anything else. And you can't know all of the contingencies, but you can begin to, if you really want to be successful, ask others why they would subscribe to what it is that you're doing. Yeah, good. And so having that plan, I, I would say, Don, that yes, is so important. One. Well, and by, you know, as we close out the broadcast, and there's many great resources. You mentioned them. You always hesitate to mention your book. But, you know, God, God the Entrepreneur is a great resource. You did a lot of study. There's a lot of great studies in it, uh, a lot of great information on top of the P3 process, which really helps uh, a, a young entrepreneur or even somebody that's been in the business for a while, right. and they're, they're, they're looking to uh, take their business to the next level. So for those of you that are listening that don't know, you can go to God the Entrepreneur. Uh, that's entrepreneur, E-N-T-R-E-P-R-E-N-E-U-R. That's a hard word to spell. I always have a challenge with it, so we spell it out. But GodTheEntrepreneur.com, uh, there you can find God the Entrepreneur, the book. There is uh, several things and resources on there. There's a membership where we do some videos and different things. Uh, you can get the podcast there. But we're excited about continuing this, and we'll continue with these podcasts, and uh, hopefully they'll be a blessing to you as we continue on with them. Um, make sure you make uh, yourself available to the resources that are available. There's several of them out there. Again, you can go to GodTheEntrepreneur.com, different places. But we'll be joining you uh, in these podcasts, helping to share some of those resources and some of the different insights. So we appreciate you joining us today. Uh, this is Don Wells along with... Dr. Buddy Crumb, good to be here. Yes, absolutely. We're glad. Thanks. All right. Hello. Welcome. Don Wells here. I'm joined with Dr. Buddy Crumb for another episode of God the Entrepreneur. Amen. Glad to have you, Dr. Crumb. Well, we're excited about this podcast. Uh, this is our second episode as we're beginning to kind of dialogue about uh, entrepreneurs, the definition, what it means, different things that uh, help us. And we really want to be a resource center. We want to open up a uh, conversation about uh, entrepreneurs. And we talked about last time a little bit, your book, God the Entrepreneur. And I kind of want to delve back into that a little bit. Uh, because I think there's some very helpful points in there. And, um, you know, we talked about the P3 system. And so, um, you know, perspective, you've got to have a perspective. And then uh, P2, the process. What is the process once I kind of understand what my perspective is? And, and really, we believe that, uh, obviously, as the book's titled, God the Entrepreneur, that, that we really get that from God. And that uh, as we find that perspective in God's perspective, then we, we've got to figure out the process, the systems, the things you put in place which then help us get the people. And, uh, you know, we talked about a little bit last time how important that is because many times what we do as entrepreneurs, I, I made this mistake in some of the business ventures that I had in my journey, is that I get an idea, uh, it's a good idea, good perspective maybe, and then uh, I want to get the people involved immediately. And um, so then you put people in without a real good system, uh, or with a, a good process for them, and you can frustrate very good, talented people. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that today and then share some examples of different businesses that I want to hear from. But if you would, Dr. Crumb, just kind of talk about a little bit the P3 system again, an overview and kind of how you came to that. And let's, let's kind of open that up because I think that will help our listeners as much as anything. Well, I'm always welcome the opportunity, Don, to talk about the P3 system. It came out of my 
my education, but it really came more out of applying it in the business world itself. We were in a company that was growing very rapidly, and we knew we needed some real heavy strategic modeling and planning. So out of all of that, I spent a year with the American Management Association and also uh, had done that when I had done my graduate work. So I thought, you know, God has himself is an entrepreneur in that he sees a need and he filled that need and the need could only be filled by him. Well, there's always that place that when the perspective means what is the need that is not being filled? Where is there a, a need or a desire? It's not necessarily always a need. You know, people have what they need, but they have wants. Sure. And a lot of people want more than they need. And that's why we get luxury cars and yachts and those kinds of uh, th- kinds of instruments. But anyway, so the first thing is the, what is the need and is there a market for it? And you have to go up 40,000 feet, as we say, and look at the entire market just because uh, it may not be as obvious to everyone. If it's something you see, then define where that market is. Who are the buyers? Who are the prospects? And where does it go? And, of course, once you get the idea, then you have to have a platform, we call it, or process, systems, platform, and everything that is going to need, including location, yeah. where it would be best be uh, implemented. You know, even the large corporations, Coca-Cola's and people like that, they always test market. Yeah. And they yeah. go to markets, at diverse markets, to find out how responsive the people will be, how receptive they'll be. And then they're able to extract that information. Then you get the right people. Once you know where your market is, who you're serving, how to penetrate that market, how to establish brand in that area, and then you get the right people that either have the experience or the desire or can join in into what it is that you want to do. It's so important for these people to see the vision that the entrepreneur sees. Yeah. Just like it is for God, it's important that we see his plan and perfect plan to demonstrate that he wanted a family and how much he wanted he was willing to give Christ in order that people could see how much he loved. So I'm always welcome the opportunity and we can drill down on that uh, as we look at some maybe some examples, Don, that you may have. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, taking a a step back as we did last week in defining, you know, I love your definition that I've heard you say um, of of an entrepreneur, which is really somebody who sees a need and and fills it or sees a problem and solves it. And that's really um, a a great working definition of of an entrepreneur. It's kind of simple, but but it's in its... It, in fact, not only sees the need, but no, you're the one that has to do it. Yeah, I can solve this or fill it. But, you know, I, I like that, Dr. Crumb, because it's, it's, it transitions from just business, which is how most of us think of entrepreneurs. We think of a, you know, a businessman who had a great idea and, you know, he just, it cost him everything, but he went for it and he, it's success story and we read those and we love them and they inspire us. But 
you know, the thing about an entrepreneur is it really supersedes just business. And, and you know, yes. it, it, it's more than that. It, it can be in, uh, as you cite in your book, several examples from several different fields. You know, it could be medicine. It can be sports. It can be uh, education, entertainment, technology. I Civil. Mean, Civil. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, as you mentioned last uh, week, you know, most people wouldn't think of him as an entrepreneur until you really sit down and get a format and a definition and you think he was an entrepreneur. He was like, it had to be done. Yeah, it was. And I can solve this. And that's really what an entrepreneur is. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting, you know, you talk about different examples and sometimes we think, uh, you know, I have a good idea or that's a bad idea. Um, but it's it's hard to call those always. The reason the P3 is so important is because uh, one person may have an idea and it may not make sense to another. I was reading an article this week and I thought we could kind of introduce this to the listeners and, and, and dialogue a little bit here. Because uh, when reading the kind of the original pitch of the business plan, it went something like this. We're going to open a new chain of grocery stores. And the stores will sell zero branded items, no, you know, no Coke, no brand names, Lucky Charms. Everything will be a private label. There'll be no advertisements on TV or social media. Nothing in the store will ever go on sale. There won't be any coupons accepted or loyalty reward cards or no Sunday newspaper circulars, uh, no self-checkout kiosks. Dials in the store will be narrow. The, the parking lots will be relatively small. Well, when you read that kind of as the, as the business, plan, uh, business plan or the pitch, you think, well, that's, that's just crazy. I don't want anything to do with that. Who would, who would buy into that? Well, uh, as you may have guessed by now, that's Trader Joe's. That was kind of their, <laughs> their model. Uh, and so, you know, it didn't make sense. But what, what I really wanted to point out and kind of talk about a little bit uh, you know, there's many of those, Uber and Airbnb and several ones that we would look at that were pitched that many of the investors said, I wouldn't have anything to do with it. And who would blame them? But they they succeeded for the very reason that we're talking about here and that you've mentioned in your book, because they had a P3. They had a perspective and a process and then the people. If you, anybody that's been to a Trader Joe's knows that the, the people, the employees there are kind of unique. They've bought into the vision. It's more than just I've got a job. They've kind of bought into what Trader Joe's represents. But the, the idea, good or bad, still has to live through uh, some kind of P3 system that they have to have. And so, you know, Trader Joe's is a great example. It, 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 looking on the onset of it, it, it just wouldn't have been a good plan in my mind. But here they are. You know, I was, as I was reading that, it, it, it was interesting because one, uh, one study uh, pegged Trader Joe's at sales of $2,000 per square foot, um, more than Whole Foods at $1,200 or Walmart at $600. So, you know, highly successful. But again, um, nobody recognized that idea. How they got there, they still needed to have that perspective, process, and people. You know, one of the things that Trader Joe's has done so well is to understand who their customer is. Yeah. Who likes to buy there. There, if you went for the, you know, if you go to a, a major uh, store like a Walmart, you don't anticipate anything, uh, any service, any, it's all self-service right. and it's all choice. But uh, Trader Joe's, I'm sure, studied the models of those that were similar that had worked and there were many that had not worked because they didn't know their customer, put their stores in the wrong demographics, and they also 
did not know how to create an atmosphere where people would refer their friends to that. Yeah. And I've had, you know, I buy coffee there because my son says, this is the best coffee I've ever had. Well, <laughs> I had to try it out because it was not a brand in the Kroger yeah. store. That's right. So, you know, that's it. But, you know, another similar, not to get off on another one, but the Ace Hardware store. Yeah. They, they adapted the same philosophy, and it is they charge more uh, for what they do, but they are knowledgeable about their products. Yes. If you go true. into an ACE and you need something specific, they can help you with that. So yeah. Trader Joe's is the same way. I, if I go in there and I don't know where uh, the difference between one brand and another, they will show me and tell me. Yeah, that's very true. And I think that, that what we would point out is that, you know, many times people say, I have a good idea, a bad idea. Uh, and they just sell the idea, and right. they just go on the concept of an idea. Well, the, the, the point that I was kind of making with the distinction is, is that you can point to one thing and say, boy, that was a great idea, and it didn't make it. You could point to another. And while there are many variables, and it's hard to determine human nature and what and, and research is a part of it, uh, we would maintain that it's, it's almost impossible to, to get that idea out into a healthy place without a, without the P3 system or something right. like that. That's With, true. Without having a perspective. And what is that perspective? And uh, what does that look like? And that includes market research and, and, of course, being wise and using the tools that you have available. Uh, and then the process. What does the process of that look like? And uh, then, which, again, helps us know who is the people and the culture that we're creating in that um, you know, those are very distinct cultures when you go into them. And they've created kind of what we, we sometimes call a cult following. You know, they're, 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 those, Absolutely. that fan base or that customer base is, boy, their they're Trader Joe's is, is big. So we have to have those things. Uh, a good idea is great, but then what do we do with that? And yes. when, when we see that need and we say, you know, wow, I can, I can solve this problem. That's what we're talking about today is how do we do that? Well, they had focused, as you brought up, on how much return they're getting per square foot. Yeah. And, uh, and that, is, that is a good way to estimate. But in the P2, it was so necessary that they get the right platform. For example, if you don't use brands, you don't get into a cost yeah. uh, and War. people who are competing <laughs> on cost. Yes. If I can buy a Coca-Cola in, in one place cheaper than I can another, yeah. then I've got competition. But when you're using unique brands, yeah. nobody knows how to compare the cost. So your margins are higher yeah. basically because you have your own brand. Yeah, exactly. And they have some, you know, it's interesting because I was reading this article and I was thinking about, well, they have some brown, brands in there. Um, you know, there's an yeah. item I can find there that I could go to Kroger and compare. But because they have branded themselves as not putting that out there, they've kind of they've kind of eased into that a, a little bit, not much. Um, but you don't notice it. It doesn't. I don't go there and think I'm going to compare this item to that item. Absolutely. Because I'm going for the off brands and kind of what they've built. So it's interesting that they've kind of developed into that. It's kind of the boiling frog syndrome, I guess. They've eased us into it, and so I'm not even looking to compare now as I go in there. But it is imperative, and, and that's what I love about the book. That's what really uh, I think that we would, we would want to harvest and help 
uh, entrepreneurs today that are looking to start things is that, you, you know, having a great idea is important. Um, obviously, you have to have that. You have to believe in what you're doing and you see a, a problem. Uh, you solve it. You see a need. You feel it. Uh, but then what do you do? Uh, and many times, uh, like so many entrepreneurs, we're just so excited. We run off and we just give every resource and everything that we have and every person that we talk to, uh, we sell it. And that enthusiasm is important. But without having these things to help define these demarcations and how do I really get a healthy perspective? How do I put in a process? Uh, which then makes the, you know, the P3 much easier because, again, uh, I, I, I talk to a lot of businesses and a lot of organizations and a lot of churches. And the one common denominator that all of them have challenges with is the people. <laughs> There's always mm-hmm. uh, the people and keeping them attached to the vision and the purpose and the, the plan that they, they've created. So, you know, these are the things that we have to really walk through and help people understand that we've got to be know, present. It's true. I'm, I'm remin- reminded back in uh, the time when I, of course, always date myself. Don, when I talk about some of these examples, because I was um, have observed this for a long time, but I remember when Chrysler was in real difficulty, and it didn't look like it wasn't going to make it, and they brought over Lee Iacocca, who yeah. had, wrote a book about the experience, but he had been very successful in uh, in developing the falcon and the mustang back in for ford chrysler brought him over and he did a study of the potential buyers because he knew he had to have a quick response and he knew that what we call type a personalities or alpha males make decisions quickly yes they don't they are impulsive and so he knew if he could appeal to them that he would get a quick response. And so he he brought back the convertible, which had been outdated for 20 years. Yeah. I mean, people just didn't want to go back to convertible. So he modeled it after the, the Mustang and made a convertible and brought it back, and it was very well received. But the first responders, the quick, the quick decision makers, were the ones that bought it, and they were they. It, it allowed them then to cover up. They bought the Jeep, as you know, and then that gave them a, something for the family. And then so he he built it in, bringing it back to Trader Joe's. They looked at who are the people that like neighborhood settings, yes, rather yes. than the large box and so that they can come in and nobody's going to rush them but they will be available to help them and you know i've noticed personally that at trader joe's that they also have a lot of their children are there yeah so they're already bringing up their family yes and because it has a family atmosphere and it they are appealing to the family rather than just on cost. Yes. So again, know your customer yeah. so that you can fashion your product or services around that particular person. Yeah. That you're, you can't, when you're, uh, like say, a big box, you're open to anybody and everybody. Yeah. And so with the volume that Walmart does, that we know they're the largest retailer in the world yeah. by far. And so we know that that is per square foot. They're going to bring in less because they have a broad market. But if you specialize in that market, your margins are higher. Yeah. 
in, 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 in your product or service. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Um, one of the other things, Dr. Crum, as we kind of be prepared to sign off here, I like to do is to, is to give kind of some just some practical advice for, for young sure. entrepreneurs. You, you uh, many listeners uh, may not know, you were highly successful in business uh, many years ago. Very, very successful. Uh, had a, a great career in business before transitioning, but you've worked with many entrepreneurs. And, you know, give us just give us some practical tidbits, as we call them, if we would, before we sign off on today's episode uh, of God the Entrepreneur. And, and for those that are listening, uh, if you don't know, um, maybe you found the, the, the podcast through another means, but uh, God the Entrepreneur, uh, E-N-T-R-E. P-R-E-N-E-U-R.com. God the Entrepreneur. There's some great resources. Uh, our podcasts are available there. Uh, but there's some some different resources that are also available there that may help you because we want to uh, we love working and talking and helping and coaching uh, entrepreneurs. So before we sign off today, uh, give us a little tidbit, a little wisdom or something for young well, entrepreneurs. Oh, thank you for that, Don. I would say, you know, venture capitalists who listen to many people bring their pitch. And of course we all, if we're bringing our pitch, we're, we love what we do and we think everybody else should love it. But when you are at that, on the other side as a venture capitalist, I wanna hear number one, that the person really knows their product yeah. and can tell me very quickly in the first five minutes why this is a good idea and it's the right time for it. So it's condensing all that you know and being able to express it and articulate what it is that you do and the benefits that are going to come out of it in the first five minutes. Uh, they will turn you off after that if you do not have something unique and you have passion for yeah. it. They've got to hear your passion and they need to. it needs to make a sense, if you will, in the first five minutes. That is a great tip. You know, you, you, uh, we didn't discuss this before, but you know, it, it I, I think of and have talked to many uh, venture capitalists, uh, successful business people that like to invest in young entrepreneurs. And uh, almost all of them tell me they take the business plan and throw it in the garbage and pull out the summary page. And if the summary page gets their attention, then they'll go back to the Absolutely. garbage and pull out the business plan. But yeah. rarely, do they go back because the summary page is not concise enough? And then, as you said, when they interview or talk with, if there's not a, a knowledge and a passion of that, or they don't know what they're going. And so you've got to go, and that goes back to, as we, as we sign off today, back to perspective. What is your perspective? It has yes. to be clear. What is, what is it that you're going to solve or fix? Or It's got to be clear and concise uh, if somebody's going to help you or invest in that. So that is a great, great uh, practical aspect. I appreciate that very much, Doc. I thank you for your time and sharing some of these things. And We'll get back on the next broadcast and talk some more about this. Well, I hope people will continue to let us know what they, where their concerns are and their questions. Absolutely, absolutely. And I hope you will uh, put some things in the notes, email us, let us know if there's something in particular that we can help with. Um, we appreciate your time. We look forward to the next podcast here at God the Entrepreneur. Remember, GodTheEntrepreneur.com. You can get some resources there. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of God the Entrepreneur.